morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Lapsus Fans with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man, that like Mo. No. The flyest yeah, one yeah. in the furnace. We, we here. are we back here. again. Yeah, a bunch of delusional people. Robert thinks he's half of the furnace. Mo thinks of the flyest oh. one, obviously. I'm not obviously. half the furnace. I'm oh, the best sorry. half. Yeah, the best half. Fair enough. Because your delusion is in the superlative. Cool. Cool. I appreciate it. Peter's just trying to be the humble one, which he's not. But it's cool. I am the humble one. I'm so humble. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the humblest. What are you talking about? (laughs) You went from the best half to the humblest. Yeah. I could be the best and the humblest. That's part of what makes him the best, isn't it? It's part of what makes him the best. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. All right. Um, Welcome, people. Facts. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, I'll do something a bit different today for Sorry Not Sorry. Ooh, we're switching it up. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, this is so... where, if I had the roadcaster, I'll do. Pum, 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 pum. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Mo was in the hot seat last week, wasn't he? Yeah. That yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put you in the hot seat again this week, Moses. Um, okay, why? Just just because I've been thinking about some stuff and I thought we, we, we haven't had a chance to talk, so I thought it might be nice if we deliberated over the hot seat. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. all right, interesting. I'm intrigued now. Yeah, so um, last weekend Moses was away in Birmingham giving a talk to some children about God, exposed. Yes. Yes. And so the first question would be, Moses, how was that experience for you? What did you learn? Um, yeah, what, what, what did you learn about yourself as a talker? What did mm. you learn about yourself as a Christian? And yeah, let's go with that. Hey, my teeth look mad white in this, you know. Come on. Jeez. Oh so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should don't edit that part out, yeah? I just said, man's the hump, man's the flyest, yeah? See it, man's smiling even more now. Um, so firstly, what did I learn about myself? So I learned, I learned that... Um, oh, no, 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 first, first, no, first, first, first tell us how you found the experience. How did I find it? You, you know what, that, that experience was very different. Um, okay, also, before you talk about your experience, tell people what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so firstly, can, is my sound coming across like well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, so I was invited to a church's national youth conference to lead a session on hearing the voice of God. Um, and yeah, it was good. So I get there and the lady who invited me as soon as she saw me, so I get there late. I get there like eight o'clock on the first day. Everyone else has been there. They've had lunch. I mean, they've had dinner, everything. They've settled into their rooms. I get there late. And, um, well, it didn't. It doesn't start till Saturday, so it's, technically it's not late. But I'm one of the last people to arrive. And the lady who invited me, I locate her, and she's just like, yo, your session's sort of like, your session sold out. Um, it was, it's like oversubscribed. Um, they had I'm a limit right. of 60 not to, it's got nothing to do with me because them lot didn't even know me they don't know they didn't know who Mo was um, oh, they knew so me it was, and it was a topic enough. that they were interested in it was a topic that they were interested in mm. so the the limit was 60 but we had I had 70 signups for hearing the voice of God and I was like yo like talk about pressure but it's good so um i started to meet some of the young people just kind of seeing them floating about and stuff and i think i realized that the demographic that i had in mind was totally different from the demographic that was there okay so i had in mind kids who were like already in faith about the faith putting in work but no, like this, this is a typical youth group. And I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be. It's a typical youth group, which has a wide range of young people, mm. a, a broad spectrum of young people. And it's, it's secondary school age. So literally from 11, 12, secondary school likely is like up until college age. So from like 11, 12, all the way up to 18. Right. Um, and so again, 
the spectrum was really wide. Um, I was speaking to Gems and Gems was just telling me stuff that she felt God was saying to her, which was having an impact on what I was going to do on a Saturday. So I was like, oh, okay. And my session was at 10 o'clock on, on a Saturday morning. Um, how I found the experience itself. No, what, what I learned was, um, so I had, I, had, I had the framework of what I was going to do. So a rough gist was I was kind of taking the kids through the entire Bible from Old Testament through to New and exploring how people heard from God. Um, really wanting to explore the diversity in which people heard from God to, un- to help them understand that it isn't just an audible hearing. Some people may not hear him audibly at all. It may mm. be a sense, it may be a feeling, it may be almost like um, hearing their own thoughts, but knowing it's not them um, kind of a thing, uh, knowing it's not themselves. If for some, it may be more visual, pictorial um, visions, um, colors, senses, um, smells. Um, for some, maybe through community, someone will say something or whatever. And teasing out stuff like kings had prophets, kings sought the priests to hear from God and stuff like that. And so there were external people and even um, community, like forming communities of people who are actively seeking God's face together. And so you're all kind of going in the same direction. Um, and then just going through stories and stuff. But <clears throat> I wanted to ground it in something. And that's why I spent the Friday night, Saturday morning, I spent time with God finalizing. Um, and it was very much just around um, Jesus being the good shepherd and us being the sheep and him saying, uh, my sheep hear my voice and trying to understand what that means, um, what that means for us. What does it mean for Jesus to be our shepherd? What does it mean for us to be a sheep? Um, exploring that, but, but also looking at what, like, what, like, yeah, just what they understood about salvation and what that means in terms of our relationship with God. Um, so, yeah, tease that out. So on the Saturday itself, I realised that I had been trying to run that whole session like by my own strength and I was able to surrender it to God and I realized that I've got a bunch of youth leaders with me and so God was like I like he has given me a community to work with and so I need to tap into that community so I was able to do that thankfully spoke to a few of the leaders and I was like I may be calling on you guys kind of help me through this um don't worry i won't throw you in the deep end i'll kind of cue you up and stuff um so that was really helpful having the community there with me the community of leaders there with me recognizing again like god has given me god has gifted me these leaders um in in like leading this workshop about how to hear from him um so yeah the workshop itself went really well um i think this was one of the first workshops that i have done that I have come out from it and saying and thinking, you know, I think that went really well. Um, but still being like, that's what I think. The young people may say differently. But on the last day when we were getting feedback, all the young people in my group said they really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, we teased it out. Thankfully, the young people, like, warmed up. They started sharing their stories. They they felt comfortable enough to ask questions. Um, some people, if one um, girl asked about... She she was she was open and vulnerable and was like that she revealed her frustration around um other people coming to her and saying God said this and she's like but why can't God say it to me himself? Um mm. why is he going through somebody else? And just teasing out that there, there there may be multiple different reasons. Some people have dedicated a lot more time to hearing God than you have. And so are able to kind of get messages, not just for themselves, but for other people. Um, and and that's why it's imp- very important for us to test the spirit. If someone is like, yo, like God said this, you need to test the spirit to ensure that it, it aligns with God's word. It aligns with who God has revealed himself to be. Um, but also it, it aligns with um, almost like God's character, yeah, God's character, who he has revealed himself to be and how he has revealed his will for us in the Bible. Um, so yeah, testing the spirit. 
um, if you want God to spend, if you want God to speak to you more directly, then you need to invest in cultivating a space where you can hear from him more frequently. Um, and I was also like, the reality is some people say God said when God hasn't said it. And so there is the the element of people lie about hearing, hearing from God, which mm. then makes testing the spirit even more um of a point to make it's like yo some people lie so ensure that you are testing the spirit um and then yeah just kind of giving them little um i gave them two principles um obedience is better than sacrifice and so when you hear from god ensure that you're actually doing it and you're not just getting gassed that you're hearing from god or you're not trying to do what you think you should be doing and not what god has told you to do and secondly i told them to um, trust more in God's ability to talk to them than their ability to hear him. Um, so that then shifts it from works to grace. Um, and then I gave them three, uh, four practical things to do in order to cultivate hearing from God. So I was like, first one, first one is if you want to be serious, if you're serious about hearing from God, then you need to be serious about his word. That, that's the primary place to hear, hear from God. Um, so be serious about his word you don't need to do be a theologian but you need to be in his word you need to be very intentional about like taking in his word and meditating on it um i told them to 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 pray but not just have a monologue but actually dialogue like leave space and room intentional like actual space to hear back from god um and to journal every time that they think they've heard from god um, it then gives them a record of the times that they have, haven't, they should be able to start uh, identifying patterns, stuff like that. Um, but also it almost gives them um, a means of ticking off things that happen that they believe God has said to them, um, which then reaffirms this notion of I am hearing from God. And lastly, I was like, get yourself into a community that is actively seeking God's face. Mm. Um, not just in church but your friendship circles actively seeking God's face um, who are trying to hear God's voice so those were like the four practicalities rooted in those two principles which all derived from um, John 10 which is the good shepherd um, so yeah I think it went really well and I, I believe that God has been speaking to me about just my capacity to to lead and to invest into people being much greater than I had anticipated um, because I was, it's almost like, um, it's not necessarily the safest thing to do, but it's almost like beta testing where you do it in a small batch to see if it works and then you start rolling it out much bigger mm. and God is like, yo, like step into the, into like you, my beta testing is almost a much bigger field than I had initially anticipated when I was like, oh, I'll just run it with like two, three people, see if it works. God is like, no, like your first session was with 70. Mm. When it should only be with 60, jeez. Bro, and it's like your first session was with 70. This is your beta test. And it was on a, na- it was in a national youth conference. Um, so yeah, that, that was interesting to kind of to do that and it, the vibe was totally different um everybody else who were running sessions had slides had everything fam i was like i ain't got no slides i ain't got nothing all i got is a couple of scribbles on my ipad we're gonna sit here and tell stories about god mm. um typical moves <laughs> come come on come on mm. but yeah like they gave me the main they, they they i had so many young people that they gave me the main stage Mm. everybody oh, else wow. had little side rooms but it was like there's too many you can't you can't hold them inside them so you've got the main stage and i still picked up a chair and sat down in the middle of the young people and spoke to them mm. um and that that is typical moses i'm not i'm not about standing in front pulpit i don't even want to stand up too tough <laughs> you know i don't even stand, I'm just sit here and let's, let's have a conversation mm. So yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Um, we shared stories about hearing from God and different different things. 
um yeah and then some of them shared stories about hearing from god and thankfully i was able to like again link it to the bible and say i can i can know that this is something that god would do or god will say because there's been these instances of the bible where something like that has happened um yeah so that that was super helpful um and again reiterating the point of know your word if you want to hear from god know your word um so you can really test the spirit and see if this is how god has worked historically um god is able to do something new as in like the handkerchief with um with paul but at the mm. same time ev- everything that he does is rooted in in his in his character as he's revealed in the bible yeah the expression may be new but the character is 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 not new um yeah he doesn't cast a shift in shadow so yeah like it was really good and i had a few conversations afterwards people trying to get me to do things in their churches um the lady who invited me was like yo you know this is not the last time right i was like yo like (laughs) yeah let's 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 top it up let's do this Come on. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Nice. It's good. Nice. Yeah. Did they all have the Brummy accent? No. So the church that was running it because it's national, they've got people from like Bristol, Liverpool, Birmingham, all over the gaff. So oh. the accents were just all over the place. <laughs> all over Cracky. the place. And you obviously you had the the typical thing of Mandem trying to draw Gyal. Um, actually, on the last day, on the last day, we had three fire alarms go off, and they went off at like after midnight. So everyone is vexed because mm. everyone's trying to sleep. But before the fire alarms went off, as the leaders, we went checking the rooms, and one room had a very heavy smell of weed. Come on. Like, so it's like trying to get with the most high. Come on. Like that. One of the leaders was walking down, smelled something, and it was like, Ma, Ma, come, come. Just just smell it. Please, please tell me I'm not smelling what I think it is. Bro, I walked beside the door. I was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. It's what you think it is, fam. They open the door and it hits you. <laughs> it hits you. So yeah, that that was unfortunate. Um, but again, it's like when I was in the youth group, I would have known the mandem who would do that. Mm-hmm. So it isn't you would have been the mandem doing that. Bro, stress. <laughs> I, I, I would have been I would have been close to their dorm. I'll tell you that much. No. Even if I wasn't doing it, I would have been close to the dorm. That's always annoying, though. That's always like a, a bit of yeah. a damper on things, but yeah. Mm. And it's like, like legit, like guys were actually chatting up girls. They were doing these things, and again, it's it, it was interesting because we had obviously these young people over the weekend was super hot. We were the place was by a lake, and so like the scenery was beautiful, and you had these teenagers in like. Um, biker shorts and, and legging shorts and stuff. And I was like, this is not a good combination. This is not a good combination. A whole, like a good weekend with essentially horny boys and little girls. And the girls are dressed, you know, I was just like, yeah, this is not a good combination. And I was sitting, like the Saturday morning, I was sitting down writing my notes, talking to God and these two girls came sat on my bench. They were like, oh, can we see? I was like, yeah, 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 fam. They walked up to the bench. was like, oh, excuse me, sir. I was like, yo, I ain't been called sir in such a long time. It's been mad. <laughs> then they asked me to sit. I was like, yeah, cool, sit. And then these guys came out who were hench, but they were only wearing a vest. Hmm. And then they walked out and the girl signs being like, oh, the Lord is my strength. I am content in the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least he's trying at least bro he's trying. at least she's trying at least they're trying and it really made me mindful of the double standards within church in general where when a girl wears something skimpy we're like nah go cover up but man them can walk around in vests 
And we're like, at least you're not topless. And I'm like, mm. the standards, the standards are off. Because these girls are still lusting. Yeah. Like, they're still looking but, at me. Yeah. 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 Well, well done to you, Bo. I'm, we're very proud of you. May this be the beginning of something beautiful. Amen. Something beautiful, unlike your t shirt. No, <laughs> them shots there, you know, unnecessary. Always hating for no reason. No, the reason is because you're, you're inferior and, and you feel you feel inferior, and so you need to. It's compensate. Compensate. Yeah. Ah, that was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was was a sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's get into the topic for today. Yeah. Cool. I don't even know how how I want to start this. I do. So, I think it was last week. I read a very interesting statistic. I was like, oh, let me find it quickly. So. For the first, no, hold on, let me see, let me see, let me, let me, let me get right, let me write, let me read it quick properly. Hold on, let me see. There it is. Okay, so in the UK, for the first time since records began in 1845, in the year 2021, more children were born to unmarried parents than to married parents. I heard this, I heard this on the radio. That as well, yeah. And I was like, you, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And then it just got me thinking, is this the world that we're living in now? Like, all right, it was only 51.3 percent, you know. And some people might make the argument that, oh, maybe some people were going to get married, but COVID got things in the way, or whatever, but. It's crazy that this girl is tipping in, is tipping to the way of the heathen like that. <laughs> way of the heathen, you know. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so, so I just wanted to ask you guys thoughts on that. Like, like, are you surprised? Like, what do you think this means for us as a society? Do you know, I feel like so. I've I've been really thinking about this recently because um i have just found out news um very similar about someone that i know a young person that i know and like i like firstly i can't even get mad because i am part of that statistic with my first child um so i can't get mad it was very hypocritical hypocritical of me to do so and I was like I'm not I'm not even mad at the situation I'm just and I'm not even disappointed I'm just sad um because I I recognize the realities of it and I recognize that for the most part the main person that suffers is the kid Regardless of however the parents' relationship goes, the parent the relationship could be beautiful. Um, if you are not together in terms of living in the same household or whatever, raising the child together, there are things that the child is going to miss out on just by virtue of you not being together. Um, if you're unmarried but living together, um, then that's a different situation. Um, because then practically it's, um, it's, it's almost like a, a married household without the, the written notice of being married and stuff. But for the most part, it's functional. I don't know, you know, I, don't, I feel like that is dangerous in a different way. Like at least looking at it from a Christian lens. Okay. From a Christian lens. Yeah. Yeah. In the sense that. that like the child isn't seeing what a relationship should culminate in. Mm-hmm. Um, from a Christian perspective, I agree. But from a worldly perspective, I don't. Um, and when I speak now, I'm very much speaking from just a general... Um, so I'm not necessarily saying... from. I would never encourage a Christian um, to live 
together with their partner with their, with their unmarried um predominantly because of the temptation to <laughs> to have sex um which then leads into a whole bunch of different stuff um but also just to be like yo like take the steps let's go through this let's um like commit commit to this relationship and stuff um but in terms of just from a general perspective i'm just like yeah um some unmarried couples relationships are more healthy and wholesome than the married than than the married counterpart and so i'm not necessarily going to say oh yeah like you need to be married no like the the person who's going to suffer the most if if the stuff if the relationship splits is the child like there's there's a case there's a situation that comes to my mind there's a, a little boy that i know that goes to my son's nursery um when my son started a nursery this boy was so happy so happy my he'll see my son they'll start laughing yeah but like and they're only two but banner is there like they're just playing now for like the past term the boy his whole demeanor has just changed he's a lot more recluse he's a lot more just gripsing onto his mum, crying not wanting to leave and stuff and there was a time that I was dropping off Noah and the the boy ran round the car park and obviously the, the nursing manager is like in a panic now because he's like, yo, it's a car park, there's cars, this and that. Mm-hmm. So the nurse, the nursing manager like worker runs to go get the, the boy. So I say to the boy's mama, I'm like, your boy's trying to run away. Oh, your, your boy doesn't want to leave you. And she's like, yeah, like he's really touchy at the moment. And he keeps telling her to fix the relationship with her with his dad. Mm. And I'm like, so firstly, I'm like, I didn't need to know this information. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. I don't know. This is a bit too much. I didn't really need to know this. She's been needing someone to talk to. Bro, she's been needing someone. Yeah. And and then after she says that, she follows it up with. I did saw it. That's why we're not together anymore. And I'm like, yo. Yo. I'm like, yo. But right there and then, I realised that even at the age of two slash three, the separation of this boy's parents has yeah. had such an impact on him that the happy boy that I knew in my first, my son first started nursery is no longer there. Well, he's there, but there's, there's a lot of trauma that has now impacted him that he's not, he's not operating in the same way. And I'm like, this is two, this is two years old, two slash three. And now there, there's a real, it's not even a possibility. There's a reality that there are more and more children being born into situations like this. And again, secularly speaking, a marriage is not a fail-safe against the, the relationship splitting up. Mm. And even faith, faith is not a fail-safe against the marriage splitting up. It's not. Um, there have been pastors who who have had divorces. There have been like men, needy men who call themselves generals, but like that's that's not a fail-safe is your commitment to the marriage and your partner's commitment to the marriage. That being surrendered to God, that is the fail safe. That even when, even when all, all the bad things hit, <laughs> there's, there's a phrase that I want to use, but I'm not going to use it because it makes mm-hmm. on the podcast. But even when the doo-doo hits the fan, I'll use that, that version. You guys are still committed to each other and surrendered onto God. That is a fail safe. As soon as one person checks out, the marriage can't last. As soon as one person becomes complacent, the marriage can't last unless there's like these strategic prayers that goes in to draw this person's heart back into it and stuff. But one person cannot sustain a marriage by themselves, regardless of how strong they are, regardless of how much of a prayer warrior they are. And I say this having seen relationships that are going through a madness because one person has unknowingly checked out and again i'm not trying to put my name on blast 
But in terms of, I'm saying that marriage is not a fail-safe against divorce and not being married is not a fail-safe against, it's, it's not a sure thing that, oh, you guys are going to split up. Um, but biblically speaking, the Bible has presented something, has presented a path that God has ordained and God has intended. And like, biblically speaking, this this isn't a a democracy. We don't get to say, oh, God, but I think this should run. Nah, God's word runs. Yeah. And if we if we call ourselves sons of God, of, of of God, then we need to follow the Father's rules, um, and that is marriage, then children, and like marriage is till death do us part. So it's not a case of did I marry the right person? No, make it work. Unless this person is thumping you up and them things there, then we can take him behind the corner and thump him up, fix his, <laughs> fix him up, and then. But yeah, it's it's a case of yeah, I'm waffling because it's well, I'm not necessarily waffling. There's a lot, but I'm realizing that I have spoken a lot, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Hmm. Kid Peter. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I did. I said I did hear that statistic on uh, on Premier Gospel. I think on Sunday or uh, one of the days after that um, on the radio, and and I think. It's interesting because in secular society, marriage is more so a, I don't want to say a political thing, but it's more, it's it's not the, it's not the institution of marriage that is holy matrimony. It's not, it's not mm. what God necessarily designed. It's more an economic thing or a um, contractual, contractual thing um, in the eyes of the law of the land. And so that the number of births and stuff are shifting in that direction in the country in general isn't surprising because those sorts of traditional values that mimicked Christian values, I think, are rapidly eroding. Um, where it used to be that, uh, you know, society, at least in the UK and, and in America as well, but this is this is pertaining to the UK, um, it seemed like general society sort of mimicked more Christian society, especially as UK is mm. a Christian country. If you will. Yeah. Um, but that's quickly eroding. That's quickly eroding. And so I'm not surprised at that statistic at all. Um, I am, I think it's, there, there are current statistics that show, you know, kids born into such families end up, as, as Mo said, having, just statistically in general, kids born into sort of marriage, not born out of wedlock, end up suffering a little bit more um, and, and, you know, having a loads of different things going on with them because, or understandably, because God designed marriage for the nurturing of kids and, and you know, for the nurturing of a family unit. And so anything outside of that, I'm not surprised if you look at it with a wide enough lens, you notice it's detrimental because if it wasn't detrimental, God wouldn't do it as such. God wouldn't mm. preside marriage as such. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at the statistic at all. And it's, um, I think it's, I think it's, um, I, I want to say par for the course. It's, it's what's going to happen in a way. The more and more secular the world becomes, the more, and more secular the UK becomes, because it's definitely not a Christian country um, in those times. Yeah, um, I feel like the world is becoming more and more about the individual as opposed to the collective. I mean, to, to the extent of redefining reality according to the individual's name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. So, like, men historically have never been the best at, you know, making an honest woman out of women that they are having children with. And, and, and now that there's this women's revolution going on as well, um, this woman independency is what going on as well. Um, I don't think that's helping either. Um, and there's this, I've, I've been seeing this weird, this weird train of thought going on that 
women are happy to be single mothers. Yeah. Partly because, partly because, you know, they were raised by a single mum and they turned out all right. <laughs> you know, there's questions around that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that and then and then, but then on the other side, you have like this whole red pill community that are not even see women as 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 they should be seen, and it just it, it just seems like both genders aren't seeing the other for what they should. Mm. Yeah. It's either they're seeing them as the enemy or they're seeing them as a resource, but they're not seeing them as equals and partners to go on life journey with, at least not in the way that they should. Um, Again, I think it's interesting that Christianity and actually, I guess, the Judaic um, religions, um, um, I say Judaic Abrahamic religions, uh, so Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, um, all base um, the male and female relationship on submission, on respect, but outside of who's providing what, if that makes sense. Um, mm. And it clearly says, okay, man, you're to be the priest of the household, woman you're to be the nurturer of the household um and it's like however it works out that's the framework that's given such that there is a leader there is a you know there's there's a structure to it and i think what's happened is where in secular society they don't hold themselves to that standard what you had was an evolution um when it was you know, who are hunter-gatherers or whatever, you know, the male, by virtue of being male, was the one that would go and hunt or be the protector or be whatever, in quite literal sense, in a quite literal sense, and the woman would be the nurturer in quite a literal sense. But you've come, we've come through to a point now where, um, I mean, you're, you're not even needing that per se. You're not needing like a physical protector per se. You know, of course you do in the same circumstances, but not in the same way as they did in the 1900s, for instance, or the 1800s. And so I think as a result of that, you've got a, a movement that's then saying, well, I don't need you for those same things. Why should I still cling to that traditional um, structure? The problem is that traditional structure was useful and where you're, <laughs> you're abandoning that and going for something else, you're, well, you have to be happy to be a signal mom because that's what you're going to be, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 no, there's no need for commitment and sex is no longer a sacred thing. Sex is a, a, hand, a handshake, you know, a more intimate handshake with whoever you find attractive on the day. Um, and, and so it's like, you have to be. And then you've got the red pill and they're like, yeah, we still want to cling to those things and we still want to be alphas or whatever in a in a world where you now have female alphas and you have to make them submit and, and whatnot and so you've got a bunch of guys trying to encourage each other to be alpha when uh, maybe you know are you really or are you just deluded so mm. yeah but doesn't even genesis speak about um the woman's desire will be after the man and stuff yeah. like that. Just speaking around, yeah. um, like the woman would want to not necessarily usurp, but there will be a desire to almost eradicate the need for a man and to be in that position themselves. Um, which is an interesting, interesting thing to think on, um, given the circumstances. I, I do feel like there's a there's the reality as well of <clears throat> of trauma, um, a reality of trauma, a reality of um, of people having to make to make do, yeah. or make the best, make the most of a broken system. Yeah. Um, as propaganda, shout out my guy, um, mm-hmm. said. We're, we are trusting in a broken system to fix the brokenness in us. Mm. Um, which is a real shame, but 
outside of God, that's all we have, a broken system to fix a broken system. So you've got the judicial, judicial, judicial system, which is like, if you still, you do X, blah, blah, blah. But now that system is being, it's being, is malleable in that. Yeah, you stole, but uh, you're hungry and that, so we're gonna. Or you stole, but uh, you're white, so you can go free. Um, <laughs> you know what I was doing? Um, yeah, that was a that was an unnecessary shot, but yeah, um, yeah, just just stuff like that. Um, and unfortunately, this this is the this is the world that we're in. This is the system that is back of brokenness and fallenness we're almost just trying to yeah just build a world what's going on <laughs> can you not hear all of that all of that yeah 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 man man's doing the mkbhd situation <laughs> you see man's man's got the iphone the green iphone cheers I was going to set it running and stuff. I didn't know that I was picking it up hard. But yeah, no, nah, thanks, thanks for flagging that. I'll mute myself when I'm not talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can't, I've lost my train of thought, so I'll leave it there and mute myself. Okay, okay, maybe next question. Um, how can the church do better in promoting um, the importance of having children within marriage? That's and interesting. Like, yeah, let's start with that. It's interesting because I think, I, I think the problem that you're describing there isn't is is a symptom of a greater issue or an issue behind it, which is the what it means to be male, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man of God, what it means to be a woman of God. Um, and, and what those two then mean in a marriage. And so I think the way the church addresses it is to address those things, is to address the fact that, you know, uh, yes, the, the, we, we've, we've evolved, even to the extent where now it's hard to have a family that's relying on one salary. Like, it's hard to do. It, it's, it's not as easy uh, to maintain that sort of traditional structure. Um, in 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 today's society because most families require two salaries require for both the male the man and the woman to 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 be working however and that's the point i was making is the the submission so the submission of the woman and the man being called to leadership um of the family in that sense isn't based on any of those things. It's not based on the man's capacity to earn. It's not based on the woman's capacity to earn. It's based on the, the structure that God has given to the extent where, to use a biblical example, Abigail still submitted to her husband who was clearly an idiot in the time of David, you know, to the extent of getting him even saved and saving David. Now, it's a, it's a flawed example because David then goes on to marry her. Which is Come on. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but... This is this is the point, and so even where we've got two, you know, a requirement for two salaries, a good woman of God still submits, and a good man of God still lives up to that call of leadership. That means that submission isn't a bad thing to that man, because that man is submitted to God, um, and so it's still a good thing. And so I think that's what the Bible, ne- not the Bible, I think that's what the church needs to, maybe you know, focus on and, and preach more about, as opposed to you know. You know, let me not. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw shade on the everyday blessings and double double blessings, people. But you know, I think build build better men, build better women, and in doing that, I think you will build better marriages, and that will be a better place for children to be brought into. Definitely. Whilst Defo. Mo takes a selfie, apparently. <laughs> Question. Hmm. I, I don't know how, 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 I, how I can even form this question in a way that makes sense. I'm going to try anyway. So, like, one thing I've, I think I've noticed in churches is that there is a significant, not significant, but there's a sizable, let's go sizable, um, 
you know, amount of like single mothers who maybe have never been married or maybe things didn't work out. Um, do you think that just church should be helping to find such people, potential partners and husbands and stuff? Or do you think that they should just be left to look after their children? <laughs> I, I don't know if the church's role should be matchmaker at any point. I don't think that's what the church is for. Um, if not the church, then who, Peter? Who? I've heard who? stories. I've heard stories. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The church, I think, should be building better men and women. And so in mm. doing so, are you making better men available to, you know, the the single mothers that are in the church? Um, but I think when that becomes the focus, then you have, like, weird events and stuff that is just like... I saw, I saw one event, was it? No... Uh, no ring, no ding, no ringy, no dingy, <laughs> bro, 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 bro. My sister was at that church. Oh, you recognize? Do you recognize? My that sister thing? was at that church. Yeah, yeah. I saw the flyer. Bro, I was like, at least they're She is no longer in the faith. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I saw that play, and, I thought, and that's hmm. where I stopped. That's that's where I stopped that story. <laughs> yeah. She was in that church. She's no longer in the faith. The last I heard, she's calling herself Alagia, which is Islamic. Yeah. So yeah, it's so, yeah. Yeah. I think because all of those things end up, you know, marriage, of course, is important, and it's a good thing, you know. And and if if someone's coming in, you know step single moms and everyone's coming in with needs single ladies single moms single men um but i think it's it's i don't think it's dangerous to have that as the focus like the focus is let's get people into heaven let's I say let's get let's get people into the body of christ and let's glorify god which is what the body of christ is supposed to do um but i think as a consequence of doing that right you end up creating better quality men better quality women um, and those can then be potential partners for whoever. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I agree. Um, I agree tentatively. Because, um, yeah, I, I agree that the emphasis should be seek first the kingdom of God. Everything mm-hmm. else will be added on to you. That, that should be the, the emphasis. And if we build godly men and godly women, um then arguably arguably when people do get together at least characteristically they've got the right ingredients to form something healthy Hmm. because they are men and women after god's own heart and so they are then able to form relationships which will be built upon biblical principles upon who god uh, who god is what he's who he's called us to be stuff like that now there may be personality traits and stuff that may not sit well oh uh, and that's where um personal preference is going to come into play i don't like this person's personality i like this person's person or even not this person physicality i don't find this person as attractive as this person or whatever um, so th- those things come into play. So I do think. So yes, I'm 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 in more agreement now, having said that out loud, that yes, let's build godly women and men, and yeah, but that that's a problem that they'll experience anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, you know? I, don't, I might I might make the argument that building godly people doesn't necessarily build godly marriages. Consequently, it should. No, 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 because yeah. because I think, I think. What I mean is in the sense that you can be about God and great, but not know what it means to be a married person. Fair enough. Um, and I, I guess I, I guess what I should say is the focus isn't let's get this people married or let's get this single mom or the single lady or the single man married. That's not the focus. The focus is building godly men. But the church still administers marriage. The, the, the church still officiates these marriages. And in doing that, I think the church should, you know, have like 
uh, marriage counseling and prep and, and all of those things, which contribute to a healthier marriage. And so it's I, not that like the church is not responsible or not should not be doing any of those things. But I think I, my, my response was more so, and, and maybe this is more so, again, also my sort of Pentecostal African thing is that well, the church shouldn't be playing matchmaker and say, oh, this person's daughter is here, that person's daughter is, or that person's son is here, they should get married sort of thing, which can be very mm. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for the most part, I see, um, especially within the Old Testament, a lot of matchmaking happening. And yeah, for the most part, it seems to, it seemed At to the well. Out. At the well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Abraham get getting his servant to, to put his hand under his thigh. Interesting thing is, apparently, put the putting of hand under the thigh, it was actually their servant putting their hands on the testicles. And the person saying, yeah, 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 yeah. And the person saying, like, yo, like, I am in a vulnerable state. Like, can I trust you even in this vulnerable state? Because yeah. um, I was always like, why? Well, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why, why is it under, under my thigh? But if, if, it's, if it's actually the testicles, then that makes sense. Because there, yeah, there is a great sense of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, there's a great sense of vulnerability and it's like, yo, like I'm really trusting you. I'm almost like I'm trusting my life, my my very livelihood, my posterity or posterity, whatever. Posterity, that's it. Um, but I, I would still push back on, even if um, building, I, I would push back on building godly men, not building good husbands or building godly women not building good wives um because so yeah i would push so robert was saying just because you build just because you you build godly men doesn't mean they're going to be good husbands yes that that is true just because you're the greatest man doesn't mean you're going to be the best husband um not greatest Solomon, man godly man because part of a being godly a godly man. man is being a good husband yeah. Uh, and, not and necessarily. No, not, well, no. If say, the Bible describes marriage as it does, yeah. Or what, it, what I was not, say not, was, not necessarily the best, not necessarily you are the best husband, but it should be part of the thing that you are aspiring to as a godly man, which isn't necessarily what, the same for a secular man. What I was going to say was in loving your wife as Christ loves the church, fundamentally, what you're called to do is serve. Yeah fundamentally what you're called to do is serve and to lay down your life for her yeah that is a that should be the mark of a godly man yeah and one who just, serves so sorry to to, to interrupt yeah. but in addition to that that's something that i think is only possible for a godly man because it's not mm. possible easy it's not it's not easy at all and requires the holy spirit which is something that only yeah. a godly man will have now, in terms of the practicalities of walking it out, yes, I agree the church would have to hold him accountable. There would need to be. And when I say church, I don't mean the institution. I mean, like, the, the people around him who form the church would have to hold him accountable, would have to be like, yo, like, um, on a practical tip, it's, it's your anniversary. Like, your wife's here talking about you ain't done nothing. Well, go on for that. Um, <laughs> it's like boy you should have been you should have been stacking up the pennies like even if you're broke you could have you could have cooked a meal you could have done something creative if you needed help holler them and them like we got you whatever um and that's that's a random example not that i don't think anyone anyone's anniversary is coming up so that wasn't a shock mine is um, mine is oh stress <laughs> um but it's it's a case of the church will hold you accountable and ensure that you're walking in the direction that you have committed to. But that should, that won't just be in marriage. That will be in general on your walk, along your walk in general. So I believe that in raising godly men and women, it's it, your godliness should slot into every area of your life yeah. from work to recreation, to, to leisure, to marriage, to
to fatherhood to like you being a son to your parents it should seep into every area of your life now we can we can and should hold you accountable um in terms of the practicalities but it's the characteristics that the church is seeking to build that will then flow it's like out of you will flow um rivers of living water it needs it needs to be like in you and then it flows out um and yeah that yeah so i i would push back from that perspective um because in building godly character it should flow out into everything that you do including marriage how's that pushing back that sounds in agreement with robert oh i'll push back on robert mm. yeah yeah, I was pushing back on what Robert said in terms of right, right, it not right, yeah. carrying over. Yeah, so I'm agreeing. With I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There, there are there are secular men that make good husbands. There are people that Facts. don't believe that make Facts. good husbands or even good partners. Like I think of my my older brother, who I actually look up to in a lot of ways, and he's not even married to his wife, but they've been together longer than I've been alive. Um, and they keep it they keep it working, and they're not they're, they're still engaged actually four kids in well three kids and one one other kid um in and he's he's a great example of a dad a great example of a partner in many ways so i'm not saying that you can't have that outside of um outside of sort of a religious group what i am saying is you should have that in religious groups like godly men should be good husbands and and men that are christian should be godly men um, whether or not that is the case is maybe um, is, is, is actually should be in spite or not, not in spite, well, the word I'm looking, that's a, that's a failing of the church, but yes. the church should be designed to do that. Yes. It has been designed to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But, but I do see, um, space not not like prescriptive but potential provisional where churches could hold singles events oh no they can no absolutely yeah so stuff like that like a singles event or whatever so it isn't a case of come and collect your wife but come to the world come Come to the world there's there's singles here invite your single friends who are christians or whatever like just just come through um and just just allow them to mingle but isn't it case it used of, to be oh sorry yeah no sorry sorry, sorry i keep interrupting you sorry <laughs> uh, uh, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was gonna yeah. waffle i was gonna waffle so it's a good thing oh, you came i was gonna say it used to be the stereotype that once you're done playing you're gonna look for a wife in the church oh right. once your whole phase is over you're gonna look for a husband in the church that like, used to be the bro. stereotype unfortunately bro, again the stereotype has flipped boy the feeling of the uh, church these days sometimes has been them Christian guys are worse. <laughs> Some of the Christian girls, they'd be worse. But bro, again, this fam, is the prayer before, for before the I came to before I came to faith, the stereotype was if you want a freak, go to the church. <laughs> them pent go up the ones, the daddy issues. Uh, no, you no, know like um, that. All right, guys, chill, 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 chill. We'll they will break your back. <laughs> relax. The prayer for the church is that we we end up raising godly men and women. Um, and I can't I think... believe, I really can't believe Robert was the voice of reason. And we were very reckless. <laughs> it, just, it, it just goes to show in this group, I'm the godly man. You can learn a, a, a thing or two from me. Don't worry. Red man, yeah. Rob, you know. What can I say? And I think the call is to us, to everyone listening, to everyone that's part of the church, to be part of the reason why that stereotype gets flipped over again. And mm. we do have godly men because we're called to call, to keep one another accountable. We're called to be examples, to call each other out on such things. Um, you know, the, the 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 saying "only God can judge me" isn't biblical. You know, we're we're called to. To judge one another in church, Bro. to call each other out and things, you know. We we can't call out secular people, but in church we believe in the Bible, we believe in that standard. We're supposed to do that. And I think in us contributing to doing that, you know, we're playing our small part in making the church what it's supposed to be. So yeah. Cool. All right. I think that'll be a nice place to round up. 
Because we've hit the hour mark. Yes, we have. Yeah. Hookups. Hookups. Can I go first? You can. So my hookup is a new series on Netflix. Now, full disclosure, I haven't actually watched this yet, but I added it to my wish list as soon as I saw the trailer. It's uh, Tekken Bloodlines. It's an animated mm. series. I think is only six episodes. It's out. It's out. It's out today. I know yesterday. I'm going to be wa- Hey, do you know what? I yeah. just finished Shaman King and I was like, what am I going to watch next? Yeah. Now I know. Yeah, it, the animation looks nice. It looks good. Um, I know these six episodes. So storyline yeah, is it out. beautiful. Tekken has always had beautiful. a really good storyline. It's always had a really good storyline. So yeah, yeah. Check out Tekken Bloodline on Netflix. Uh, and that's my hookup. All right, I'll jump in next. Um, so my one, my one is for anyone who's trying to like do home workouts and stuff like that. Um, Get yourself some kettlebells. Mm, yeah. There's there's no links for it. There's no nothing. Just get yourself some kettlebells. Um, it's like it's convenient in terms of space. Um, you can get heavy weights, and it's not taking up the whole the whole room. And it's so versatile, so mm. versatile. I switched up my workout today. It has messed up my back. Like I start. I'm not sure if you guys know of um, side swings. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. So I started doing side swings today, yeah, bro. So I'm doing um, snatch, deadlifts, bent over rows, and then I, I slipped in side swings. Mm. My lower back is finished. My lower yeah. back is finished. Side swings, and it, it engages the entire core with the abdomen, I mean, with the obliques. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And literally, I've only got like three kettlebells, but it's a full body workout. Um, my body is finished, and I like yeah, it's like 15, fourteen and ten kg kettlebells. Um, so it's nothing super. Like I'm not trying to be Arnold or anything like that. But it's, it's super. On a lower weight, it's super affordable, um, and you can just get in the workouts and stuff. So yeah, my my suggest my hookup is kettlebells. Get yourself some kettlebells if you're trying to be about the home workout life. Yeah. Cool. So my hookup is a movie. But before I give it, don't go and watch Nope. That film is a waste of time. Nope. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Has has Jordan Peele reached saturation? He I think he tried a bit too hard with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it was just maybe it was just me, but it just felt like the film never got going, and then it ended. <laughs> but that's not that's not particularly the the director's fault. But the screenwriters no. need to take need to take some some blame for that as well. Well, he was the screenwriter. He was the writer. Yeah, he oh, he oh, writes and directs, doesn't he? He writes and directs. Well, stuff. Yeah, I tried to get, I tried to get him some grace in that. But yo, if you're the screenwriter as well, then that's a madness maybe, for you. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but it just felt like that film. You, you, you like waiting for it to start. And did you, did you like Get Out? Get Out was alright. I liked Us. Us was good. Okay. I haven't seen us, but yeah. So what what is your film recommendation then? Because you oh, said so, I'm gonna start by saying don't yeah, say yeah. don't watch nothing. Well no, I just need to say don't don't waste your money on the if you get the tickets free, cool. Stress. You, you wanna waste two hours, cool. But don't spend money on it. Or, or, or if you want to go through other channels to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep it quiet. <laughs> I would fully recommend pirating this film. Stress. Damn. Hey, that's that's a good that that's the that's a godly character right there. That's I know. a godly of man. the best of the furnace. This is the advice like he that. Comes okay, 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 okay. Sorry, sorry, as sorry. As a godly sorry. character. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Okay, okay. Pirates. As a godly man, pirate the film, <laughs> but then but then repent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that grace right there. Amen. Kind of, kind of Lucifer, kind of Lucifer spirit. <laughs> anyway, so. Yo. So the film I'm um, hooking up is also in the theaters right now. It's called Where the Crawdads Sing. Where the who? What? Uh, what? Where the Crawdads Sing. I think a crawdad is like kind of bird or something. Oh, okay. um, 
Yeah, it's about oh, this okay. girl. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's about this girl who lives in the marsh and she's on trial for murdering um some guy that she was doing a thing with. Um yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. It sounds heavy. I was about to say something, but I realized I was being recorded, so yeah, I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, it was heavy, but it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was originally a um a novel that got changed, turned into a play, not wash a film, but yeah, it was really good, really good. Mm. But yeah, um yeah, cool. Shout out to the intro to music, cover twenty four mm-hmm. Audrey Amaze logo. Twitter at Defense UK, Instagram TBS Furnace, email tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash black furnace no apostrophe on all the podcast websites apps that's first with the apostrophe. And that's it. So, this is the Black Furnace signing out. Black. Black.